Catholic Doctrine Bible Study. This is session 215. I'm your host, Jim Hawk, and today we will look at perhaps my favorite book of the Old Testament, the book of Ecclesiastes, or if you have another translation, the book of Kuleth. So Ecclesiastes, Kuleth, the word means teacher um, or person of authority. Okay, and it's thought to be the words of Solomon. Okay, you'll recall David's son, Solomon, the third king of the three kings of the uh, united monarchy of Israel. So you'll recall Solomon lived uh, in the 900s BC. Now this book may or may not have been actually written by him. Some scholars feel like it was written perhaps even as many as six centuries later. They feel that because of the, the Hebrew language that was used was more in, uh, in line with the, the language used in, in the third century BC. However, it could be that Solomon wrote it and then later through other editings, the language was updated much as the NAB, for example, that you are probably reading, is a uh, an edited version, you know, a, a different translation, if you will, uh, to give us modern, to put things in more modern language. Okay, so was it written by Solomon? Maybe. Was it, uh, were the thoughts of Solomon included in this? Very likely, okay. But uh, whoever ended up penning the final structure would have been looking back at the days of Solomon, some of the problems that Solomon had, and uh, trying to um, put these down in words that would be meaningful to us. Okay, so you'll recall that Solomon was thought to be the wealthiest person of his time. Uh, he was thought to be the wisest person of his time. Um, he had knowledge of many fields, which we saw in Second uh, Kings there, right? Uh, but anyway, so that said, um, or, or maybe it was First Kings, First Kings. So that that said, here we have Solomon looking back on his life. All right, uh, three books that are attributed to Solomon are uh, Proverbs. So, uh, Ecclesiastes and the Song of Solomon. So I've heard it said that these three books illustrate different times of Solomon's life. Song of Solomon, which is kind of a love story, if you will, very passionate. We'll get to that uh, in the next book we cover. Was thought to have been written when Solomon was a relatively young man. Okay. And then Proverbs were written while Solomon was in the prime of life, if you will. And then Ecclesiastes is thought to apply to the end of Solomon's life, where he's looking back on his life and trying to make sense of it all. And he's trying to uh, discern what really, looking back on all that I have and all that I've done, what is it that really is meaningful about life? So, 
Uh, I will warn you, this is by, thought by many to be the most depressing book in the Bible. So don't read this book when you are really depressed, okay? Um, but as I said before, it's perhaps my favorite book of, of the Old Testament because it's it's looking at life and, and, and saying, okay, what is important, what isn't? Remember, Solomon the king, you know, with his wealth, with his knowledge, he had it all. It's good to be the king, right? And so he has a little time on his hands at the end of his life, and he's thinking, what really gave my life meaning? What really will last? And the reason I say it's depressing is most things don't last. So that said, unless you're driving, turn to chapter one of Ecclesiastes. It's a short book. It's 12 chapters long. You could read it. You could skim through it at least in a good lunch hour. But it's uh, it's packed full of things to think about uh, regarding your own life. Okay, what is really important here? So it starts out... Uh, by saying a famous quote, vanity of vanities, all things are vanity. So in English, we think vanity is like thinking highly of yourself and, uh, um, uh, you know, paying attention to your own personal uh, grooming and things like that. That's not what he means here. Vanity, the, the words used there in, in Hebrew basically meant like a vapor or a mist. So he's saying, all things are like a vapor. All things are like a mist. Uh, they disappear quickly. All the things of this world, uh, the things dis disappear. Uh, James, if you want to write this in your margins next to uh, verse 2, write James, <clears throat> excuse me, chapter 4, verse 14, where James says, you are but a mist that appears for a while and then vanishes. Now, that's kind of depressing if you're uh, thinking about it in, in earthly terms. So moving on in chapter one, uh, Solomon, or, or I should say the, the writer of Ecclesiastes, uh, says, what profit has man from all his labor, which he tells it under the sun? One generation passes and another comes, but the world forever stays. So the world's going to be around, but you you are not. You're going to work hard, and then your generation is going to pass away, and you're going to pass away with it. So that's that's not going to uh, not going to last. Um, we're about to enter Lent at the time that I am recording this, and uh, God tells uh, in in Genesis chapter three verse nineteen. If you want to write that in your margins next to uh, verses two or three. God basically tells Adam, um, you are dust and to dust you'll return. That's once again from Genesis 3.19. So um, in his little prelude here in the first part of chapter one, he's saying, hey, tried it all, nothing lasts on this earth. That's kind of depressing. Verse 8, he says, All speech is labored. There is nothing man can say. So what he's saying here is uh, translated is, a Man can't tell you how to find happiness on your own because you can't. Okay, I myself, I climbed the corporate ladder when I was in my secular world. I got to the top. 
I found out the ladder was resting on the wrong wall. Okay, it was just career success and all that. And while I experienced that, it doesn't last. I mean, one day I will die and, and everything that I built from a corporate standpoint will die with me. Okay. I, he says, there's nothing new under the sun in, in verse 9. Now, you might say, yeah, but what about technology? What about advances in medicine and all that? We're talking about, what he's talking about is the way that we look at life. Okay, what if you're the guy that invented that technology or that medical uh, um, breakthrough? Okay, you're still going to die, all right? And other people may build on what you've built on. Um, but you will soon, you will soon be forgotten. As he says in verse 11, there is no remembrance of the men of old, nor of those who come. Will there be any remembrance among those who come after them? So have a nice day, right? I mean, it doesn't sound, uh, too uplifting so far. So then, uh, for the next few chapters, um, the uh, the king of Israel, this is why we think it was Solomon, because it, it says uh, in verse 12, the king over Israel in Jerusalem. And by the way, it, it said that he was a, a son of, uh, well, at the very beginning of chapter one, he says it was a son of David um, who was king in Jerusalem. So who would that be? It would be Solomon, right? Although in fairness, Solomon's name is not used in this. All right, so moving on, what are some of the things that we'll call him Solomon tried to uh, have meaning in his life? Well, the first thing, of course, is wisdom, as we see in chapter, uh, chapter 1, verse 13. And I applied my mind to search and investigate in wisdom all things that are done under the sun. Okay, so he's just going to throw himself into knowledge. Well, what he finds, I will summarize, summarize, is that um, wisdom for its own sake is immaterial, right? You, you have to take that wisdom and use it for something and use it for something that lasts, right? But you're still going to die, <laughs> whether you're smart or stupid. Now, he's not saying be stupid, but, um, you know... Um, and he says, um, well, anyway, I'm, I'm just summarizing. So he, he tries wisdom and uh, he says in verse 18, but in, what, in much wisdom, there's much sorrow. And he who, who stores up knowledge stores up grief. So he tries to get better, tries to get more knowledge, does get more knowledge. But in the end, he's going to pass away, right? So then he thought, okay, in chapter two, I'm going to try hedonism. I'm just going to pleasure, find, look for pleasure. Um, verse three says, I thought of beguiling my senses with wine through my mind, though my mind was concerned with wisdom. And so he's thinking, well, maybe that's wise to just, you know, uh, have fun, take up folly. So in essence, wine, women, and song. So he tries that. You know, I've tried things like golf. You know, I mean, I've played golf a lot. And can't seem to get any better. Trust me, you know, your ultimate happiness is not going to come from playing golf. Uh, although it can be a happy activity for some. Uh, but anyway, uh, that too will pass. 
So then he thought, okay, well, I've tried the wisdom thing. I've tried the hedonism thing, the wine, women, and song thing. That doesn't last. I'll try materialism. So he, in, starting in verse 4 of chapter 2, you know, he's, he's going to build great, I undertook great works. I built houses and planted vineyards and gardens. And he got a lot of male and female slaves. And he amassed silver and gold in verse 8. And in verse 10, he says, Nothing that my eyes desired did I deny them, nor did I deprive myself of any joy, but my heart rejoiced in the fruit of all my toil. So that sounds promising to begin with, right? This was my share for all my toil. But when I turned to all the works that my hands had wrought and to the toil at which I had taken such pains, behold, all was vanity and a chasing after the wind. Again, it's like a mist. It goes away, right? You're going to go away. Nothing gained under the sun. For what will the man do who has, who has to come after the king? What men have already done? So, you know, life will trash your treasures. There's a story of uh, James Dobson likes to tell. Um, he's very involved in a ministry called Focus on the Family. He was one time a very great, I believe he's a tennis player and uh, for the University of Southern California, and he won a number of trophies as a tennis player. So he's very proud of those, and those were prominently displayed in the University of Southern California uh, trophy case, uh, you know, that you would see if you were taking a tour of their athletic buildings. Well, one day he got a letter in the mail, and uh, the letter said, Dear Mr. Dobson, you've got all these trophies here. We're going to give you these trophies. Come pick them up. And so he wrote them back a letter and said, No, I know how meaningful it is for you to keep these trophies, and that's a good spot for people to see them anyway, so you can keep the trophies. Okay, he thought he was doing something good, right? He got another letter from USC. And they said, uh, maybe you misunderstood. We really need more room in the trophy case. So please come take your trophies. So Dobson wrote back and said, no, 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 that's okay. You, you can, you can keep them. And then they sent him a third letter and they said, uh, if you don't <laughs> pick up your trophies, we're going to have to throw them out. Okay. So his point was life will trash your treasures. Nothing will, uh, you know, nothing nothing is going to stay forever. So you can't live in the past on what you did. And so in that sense, um, uh, Solomon's claim that all things are a mist is true, right? You can't live in the past. Nothing lasts. And especially you, you don't live in the past. And he comes, uh, you know, he develops that a little further in chapter 2. Um, he says, uh, in essence, hey, the same thing happens to you, whether you're wise or whether you're ignorant, uh, both, both die. The, the same, the one lot falls on both the, the wise man and the fool. They, they both die. And he's saying it's, uh, um, it's better to be wise than foolish. He develops that in verses 15 on in chapter 2. But it's not going to last either way. Why? Because you die. And then somebody else 
gets whatever it is that you worked for, and that's somebody else, probably your kid, will probably blow it. You know, will probably not advance the ball, so so to speak. He says that in the rest of uh, chapter two. And um, he says, uh, for the for the rich guy, for example, in verse 23 of chapter two, all his days sorrow and grief are his occupation. Even at night, his mind is not at rest. So why? Because a wealthy guy is worried about their stuff, right? You got a big house, you got to take care of a big house. So you spend a lot of time worrying about how to take care of or how to protect or how to, you know, keep up, uh, how to advance your stuff. You think you own your stuff, but you find out that the, the stuff owns uh, you. Um, so there's there's that. Then chapter three, there's the, the famous turn, turn, turn uh, bit about there is a time for everything, a time to be born, a time to die, blah, blah, blah. He's saying, so stuff is going to happen during life. You know, I was kind of confused and say there's a time for love and a time for hate. Well, why is he advocating hate? No, he's saying, if you live long enough, you will experience love, you will experience hate, meaning somebody might hate you. Or, or somebody might hate your ideas, etc. So there's a time for everything, and you don't always have control of that. Okay, there's a country song. Sometimes you're the windshield. Sometimes you're the bug. Okay, and uh, so you don't always have control over uh, over these things. So, uh but he, 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 here he brings God into the equation in, in chapter 3, and he says in chapter 3, verse 17, might be worth underlining. Um, God will judge since there is a time for every affair and on every work a judgment. So he's saying, keep that in the back of your mind here as you're going through life. Maybe keep it in the front of your mind that whatever you do, God sees it and God will will judge it, okay? And so I think we're at a reasonable stopping point here. So we'll pick up on chapter four next time as we look at Solomon's, Ecclesiastes, uh, look at what is uh, what is valuable. But so far, it's pretty depressing, right? Because uh, no matter what he's tried, whether it's wisdom, whether it's hedonism, whether it is materialism, um, it's not working. So uh, we'll look at uh, his efforts towards a, a career and other things next time. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Lord, this is kind of depressing to go through if we only look at life from the standpoint of this life that we live during our years on this earth. Um, everything is just a mist. Uh, it comes and goes. So help us to ponder you. The one thing that will last is our relationship with you for eternity. We ask this in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.